Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Oh, it's so good to be in God's house today. If you are watching online or if you're here, I just want to say thank you for being here. God is good. I want to talk to you today just for a few moments about joy. I have joy. Do you have joy? Joy. Now, now if you think about it, a lot of times we get joy with the wrong meaning. Joy is not just a feeling, as Boston used to say. That's an old rock group, sorry. Uh, Joy is more than a feeling. Joy is an understanding. Joy is something that, that we can have in our lives no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, no matter if the world is right side up or upside down. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing. If you have a complete understanding of joy, it will see you through. Joy. I want to read to you a couple of scriptures. They've already been read, but if you would, if you would turn there quickly. Uh, it's, turn there. There we are. This is in, in Luke chapter 2. And here's, here's the, the uh, scenario. Here's these, these uh, shepherds are out in the fields. They're keeping watch over their flocks so no, nobody will come in and steal them or, or there are no wolves or anything else will come in and try to take their sheep. And they're out there and minding their own business, and all of a sudden an angel appears to them. And he said, be not afraid. It lets me know they were afraid. I will be honest with you, if, if, if I was just sitting there and then somebody appeared out of nowhere and it was an angel, he's going to have to calm me down too. And he said, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, and he said, For this day is born to you in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Here's these shepherds, and they hear this, this proclamation that a Savior is born this day. And they were terrified. That lets me know they did not understand what the angels were saying. They did not comprehend what that Savior was going to do. They did not realize, they could not fathom the majesty and the glory and the power that was in that child in that manger. You see, a lot of Israel during that time was looking for a physical savior. They were looking for a redeemer that would deliver them from the hand of Rome. And yet, if, if Christ was only going to come for, for redemption through Rome, he would have also delivered them from Babylon and from Egypt. But they didn't comprehend that, that Christ came to give them salvation, that Christ came to deliver them not from Rome or not from any other country, not from any other leader and not from any other power on this earth. Christ came as a savior to deliver humanity from their number one enemy, death. Death. 
if you understand why Christ came, you'll have joy. You'll know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's a concept that, that we have to, to understand that Ephesians 2 tells us that, that, that those that were living under the law, these shepherds that were living under the law, that the law brought sin and death. Let me give you an example. If, yeah, it's going to be hard for those online, but those that are in here. Is there anybody in here that hasn't broken at least one of the Ten Commandments? If you're like me, you probably mutilated a few of them. The law is righteous. The law was holy. The law is just. And yet humanity is incapable of fulfilling the law. There's never been a person that has lived their life apart from Christ without sin. Sin brings death. Christ came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And when he fulfilled the law, he, we entered into a new relationship with him through grace. Paul said it this way, we are saved by grace through faith. What is grace? We're no longer living under the law, but the blood of Christ paid the penalty of death and sin for us, and now we live under grace. What is grace? Well, let me give you an example of grace. Uh, many of you know that uh, my sister passed away just the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, that, that's a hard one to bear sometimes. Now, I've lost two siblings in a little over a year, uh, but I do know that they both love the Lord. So I have joy. I have hope. But when I was in fourth grade, when I was in fourth grade, nobody messed with me. I went to a little school that was kindergarten through sixth grade, and it wasn't because I was a terror. It wasn't because I was uh, fierce. It wasn't my own ability to defend myself. Nobody in the school messed with me. Nobody in fourth grade, nobody in fifth grade, nobody in sixth grade. Everybody left me alone because they were terrified of my sixth grade sister. Nobody wants to be beat up by a girl. And you say, well, was, was she? No, she was just average-sized girl. I remember once we got off the school bus, and, and one of the boys in our neighborhood, Michael Lawrence, and I remember that guy so well, he, he was picking on us on the school bus, and I think he was actually flirting with my sister, but she didn't take it that way. I remember getting off the school bus, and she threw her book down and grabbed him and threw him over her, her shoulder, grabbed his arm and threw him over his shoulder, jumped on his chest, and began, as Batman would say, pummeled him severely around the head and shoulders. She beat the living daylights out of that boy, and he was about twice her size because 
he dared to try to say something about me. She was a great defender. I didn't do anything to earn that. I didn't have to be in her good graces because, you know, she could beat me up, but nobody else could. So I didn't have to be in her good graces. I didn't have to earn her loyalty. I didn't have to learn it. It was simply grace, receiving what we do not deserve. Just pouring blessing on us. When the scripture says that we live in grace, we live in grace, we, we receive from the Lord what we do not deserve. We don't deserve forgiveness, but we receive it. We don't deserve blessing, but we receive it. We don't deserve his presence in our life, but he lavishes us with his grace and with his glory and with his brilliance. That's what grace is. We live in grace. And you say, well, how, how, do, you, how do you come to that place where, where you live in grace, where you, where you receive grace? Well, see, living by the law was just adhering to rules and standards. But living in grace requires something different. It requires that we enter into a relationship with Almighty God. You see, humanity is such that you and I, are, are we like to live by rules. It's a lot easier all you have to do is go to Barnes & Noble and look at all the self-help books, and every single one of them is, here's five steps on how to be happy. Here's six steps on how to improve your life. Here's 12 steps on this, and here's 10 steps on... Everything is, is, is linear. It's step by step. It's, it's logic. It's Western mentality on how we get to God. And if you just adhere to these rules, then you'll survive. Then you'll make it. You know, in, 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 in Christianity in your walk in relationship with Christ. He did away with us trying to adhere to a set of rules. And he said, I'm moving that out of the way, and I'm entering into a time where you can come to me not because of what you've done, but in spite of what you've done and in spite of who you've been. If you just come to me and confess I will forgive and I will pardon and I will make whole and I will cleanse and I will grant eternal life. But it doesn't come because you're adhering to rules. It comes through a relationship with Christ. A personal, intimate relationship with Almighty God. My friends, today, today the Lord is calling us to a time of joy, to a time where we can look at life and say, it may not be going as well as I want it to be, but I know my Redeemer lives, and He lives in me. I said that we don't adhere to a set of rules to get to God, and you say, well, why do Christians live and try to live good lives, it's because of what he's done. Not in order to get to him, it's because he's come to us. 
and we try to do right because we love him and we want to please him. Great joy. The shepherds didn't understand it. They didn't comprehend what that joy was. There is no way that they could understand it. But here we are on the other side of the cross. We watched how, in Scripture, how the Lord grew and how he never had one sin. Never committed sin. And walked through this life and willingly laid down his life, that sinless life, to pay a ransom for us. To buy us back. To purchase us. To redeem us. To bring us into relationship and fellowship with Almighty God. Christ came, and, and I know we're going to live for eternity with him. And you say, well, when I get to heaven, man, I'm really going to have a great relationship with the Lord. But he's inviting us today to have a relationship with him. Paul said it this way. He said, oh, that I might know him. He'd been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. And he said, oh, I want to know him. I want to know him greater today than I knew him yesterday. And I want to fall in love with him more tomorrow than I, than I love him today. It's about a relationship with Christ. Those shepherds didn't understand what that Savior meant. But here we are on the other side of the cross, and we understand, we comprehend that he came not to deliver us from Rome and not deliver us from Babylon or not deliver us from any other uh, tyrant country that wants to lord over us, but he came to deliver our very soul from sin, from death. And he has defeated death. My friends, we are, we are here today, and, and I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. That when you get close to him, when you walk with him, with our Savior, that died and rose again and lives today and is longing to have a relationship with us, and we can be as close to him as we want. When we get into that place and we walk in fellowship with him, there is a joy that wells up. It's an understanding that, that as, as Job said, though, I'm, though the skin worms may eat this body in my flesh, I shall see my God. It doesn't matter what we face in this life. It doesn't matter what we have to go through in this life. It doesn't matter what 2020 brings. And yeah, it still has a few more days. There's joy. There's joy. There's joy because I know and you know our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer.
Redeemer lives. You're not quite getting it yet. Our is possessive, belongs to us. Our Redeemer, redeemed from what? From death, from eternal destruction, from damnation, from being separated from God. Then Christ came, the Savior that defeated death, that put death under his foot. And now we can say he is our Redeemer. And he lives. See, it's not any more about what we do, but it's about our faith in Him. Scripture says we are saved by grace through faith, by trusting in Him. Then he, Paul goes on to say that that faith that we have, the Lord gave that to us as well. It's not of work should any man boast, but we boast in Christ alone. He's our Redeemer. He's the one that has brought us salvation. He is the one that has, that has made a way that when that trumpet sounds, that we will live and rule and reign with him forever. And from that point on, there will no longer be any more tyrants to, to interfere in lives, but he alone will sit upon the throne. Oh, our Redeemer lives. Do you feel the joy in your heart? As we partake in, in communion, I'm going to ask our, our praise team to come back. And as we partake in communion, I want you to take a moment and talk with your Redeemer. You say, well, I, I don't know how to talk with him. Well, it, it's, it's kind of like when you're talking with anybody else. You say, Lord, here I am. You know, and the amazing thing about a relationship with Christ, you can't put the wool over his eyes because he knows everything. He even knows the thoughts and intents of your heart, not just your words and your actions, but your motive as well. So when you begin to talk with him and you begin to communicate with him, be honest. I, I talk to the Lord a lot and one of, one of the things I always say is, Lord, here, here I am and you know that I'm not perfect. But I'm thankful it's not about my perfection. It's about his. And I'm thankful it's not about my holiness, but it's about his. And it's not about my ability, but it's his ability. It's not about my power, but it's his power. Not about my love, but his love. Not about my goodness, but his goodness. And it's not about my virtue, but it's his virtue. And he made the way. And it, and it boggles the mind. That an angel, a spiritual being, would come and speak to physical man about a spiritual concept, about a Savior that was going to deliver us. And that spirit, that God that we serve, 
Scripture says, robed himself in flesh and became one of us that we may live with him.